Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, is August 30th, it's 2019, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Jordan Cooper. Blenderhead, how are you doing, my friend? Fine, even though I broke my rules. I broke my rule tonight, Stevie. Uh-oh. I got punished. I mean, I got punished not because of the rule. I got punished because I didn't have the right pitching pair. Uh, I, I, I played Lewis Brinson. You played Lewis Brinson. Oh, no. That, that my rule was to never play. I was never going to ever play him. But uh, the Marlins were too low-owned against Alex Wood. And I didn't want to have, like, the psychological anguish of stacking the Marlins without Lewis Brinson and him being the one hitting the grand slam. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, you know, really good early slate for me. You know, the strategy we talked about on the podcast yesterday worked. Barrios, Clevenger, cheap bats. Um, the main slate, it's kind of up in the air. Like, I was at a family dinner, and I did not even realize half my team was not in the lineup. So, I was switching things like five minutes before a lock and the team was awful. So um, I'm not expecting to win money. Like you don't win money when you do stuff like that. Yeah. I, I went with the DeGrom uh, Rodriguez pairing and I got my, my 20 points combined, even though I had Pittsburgh and Miami bats. Yeah. I played, um, I played Wood and Paddock, the two guys that I talked about on the slate. Um, I really like Paddock. I'm actually making money right now, but it's not a lot. So I'll take it. You know, Paddock did his thing. He's going to get four more points, going to end up scoring 30. And um, it was a really good outing for him. And my boy Hillard hitting that home run, 30% owned um, Coors bat. But it is what it is. But we do have 14 games. We're going to move on to that. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Check out our sponsor. Um, it, it's time to start digging into some football stuff for Fantasy Draft. we got week one coming up right around the corner. And um, starts next week. Can't believe it. You know, we're Fridays here. We start talking football next week. Um, just on Thursdays. We're still going to be doing baseball Monday through Wednesday and Friday. Um, I got a lot of messages about that. We'll do football on Thursdays. They do have their million-dollar Hooters kickoff, $20 buy-in, rake-free contest. Um, if you want more details on the memberships, you can go over to fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. And we get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Um, and uh, once you make your first deposit and play over there, pretty flat payout for the top five spots over there. They ended up, you know, they're going to be paying out quite a bit over there as well. Top 10,000 get paid. So make sure you're checking them out, and um, we'll definitely be talking about them. And one thing that I do like about Fantasy Draft, and, you know, it, it, you can go either way on this. I like the fact that they include the Sunday Night Football game on their main slate. You know, some sites don't. Some sites, you know, get rid of, got rid of it. But one of the best football games of week one, Blender, is Pittsburgh at New England, and that's the Sunday night football game. So I feel like you're probably not taking down a tournament going into that game on fantasy draft with no players. And a lot of times people that play on multiple sites, like they forget, like they're, play, they're, they're strategizing for like DraftKings or FanDuel, and it doesn't have that game on it, and they kind of just like duplicate their research. So maybe uh, the, the, the Sunday night game goes a little lower on than it should. All right, let's get into baseball talk. 
we get started here with the Mets and the Phillies. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, um, any interest here in Wheeler? I mean, 9K isn't a bad price for him, but, I mean, I'm not a big fan of him pitching in Philadelphia. I think there are, there are better pitchers on the slate for a little bit higher or much, much lower. Uh, I mean, obviously we have a core slate with Zenzatella and Agrizal pitching in it, which basically means between them they're getting like three combined strikeouts. So, yeah, if you want to pay up heavily for bats, I could see using Wheeler as an SP1. But for the most part, I'm, I'm looking to pay 10K plus uh, for my SP1 today. Yeah, it's just a price thing for me on Wheeler. If there was a bunch of righties in this lineup, maybe. Like, if for some reason some of the lefties sit. But the way we're looking at it now, we're probably looking at four or five lefties, and I think that's too many for 9K for Wheeler. So, going to pass on him. Aaron Nola is 11-3. He's certainly in the mix today when we're looking at top-end pitchers, but I don't know if I want to necessarily commit to him because there are some guys in the, in the 995 range that are interesting. I think Nola certainly needs to be a guy you're considering at the top, though. Yeah, for me, the 10K pitcher in GPP is the ownership game, and I think that the upside on Bieber for 500 more may actually outweigh – I'll, I'll find the 500 to get him. But if Nola's going to be lower-owned, I mean, Bieber should be lower-owned also. Like, it's one of those types of things where I'm going to go with the one that has a little less ownership. But I think I think Nola's in a fine spot. I just don't think he, he's efficiently priced at 11-3. You're not really getting any type of discount there. Yeah, like, I like Bieber as well. You know, I think the ownership game is certainly something you can play when you're looking at these, you know, two top-end guys. I think, you know, we're going to talk about the rest of them when we get there, but um, I don't mind playing the ownership game on Bieber and Nola. I think they're pretty close in projected outcomes. Um, Nola has been pitching a lot better in the second half after struggling to start the season. Um, is there any Mets bats that you like here? Well, I mean, I, I, it's on a 14-game slate, I'm not in the – business of stacking against a good pitcher. But, I mean, if you wanted to take, like, a Michael Conforto one-off at 4,200, the Mets are getting a ballpark upgrade playing in Philadelphia. But they only have a four-implied run total. So I'm, I'm going to pretty much look elsewhere. Um, yeah, I don't really love the Mets. Like, you can always take a shot on Conforto or Alonzo. Those guys are always, you know, guys you can look at. Conforto probably my favorite bat from the Mets, but don't love it. Um, as far as the Phillies go – don't ever mind taking lefties against Wheeler. He gives up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact. This game's in Philadelphia. It's a ballpark built for left-handed power. It was built for Ryan Howard back in the day when he was the franchise player of this team. I don't mind looking at Dickerson or Harper um, or any of the other cheaper maybe left-handed bets. No, I agree with you. I just don't think Wheeler gets blown up here that a five-man stack is really worth it. Uh, Phillies have a 4.6 implied run total currently. So, like, I'm along with you. Like, I'll play any lefty in the lineup as a onesie, twosie type of situation. But on a, on a, on a 14-game slate, I think there are better spots to pick. Yeah, I, I don't mind Dickerson as a one-off at 4,500. I think he has upside at that price point. Um, Oakland at New York, we got Brett Anderson against CeCe Sabathia. Um, any interest here in Anderson? Uh, not a chance. The, the Yankees have a six-implied run total, and the game's in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Yeah, that sums it up. Um, you know, this game has an 11 total, like you said, six run total, um, six implied total for the Yankees. Brett Anderson, a pitch-to-contact guy, low strikeout guy. The, you have to attack the Yankees with strikeout pitchers. I've been saying it for weeks now. Um, that's how you attack the Yankees, and Anderson's not that type of guy. 
CC Sabathia on the other side of this game. Oakland, when they're outside of Oakland, is very interesting. Oakland, when they're facing a pitcher like CC Sabathia, they're very interesting. I'm going to pass on Sabathia, and I really like the A stack today. I like this game in general as a game to pivot off of from cores because the bats in this game, I mean, you get a couple of, you get a couple of lower-ish price guys, but, I mean, for the most part, the stack prices are going to be about the same, and the ownership here is going to be probably a half to a third of what cores is going to be with two very really bad pitchers. But, I mean, Brett Anderson and CeCe Zabathi are two lefties that give up tons of hard contact and fly balls. And Yankee Stadium is great for, for power and fly balls. So, like, on the Oakland side, like, my favorite bat, and I think maybe even cash viable, is to play Chad Pinder if he's in the lineup. I'm assuming so because Crush Davis is uh, away on uh, paternity leave and Piscotti is out. So, like, Pinder at 3,400 on DraftKings, you could fill a second base spot with him. You could even play him as a cheap outfielder. I have no problem with that. We have to see whether or not Chapman's back in the lineup. And he's, he's probable, but 4,700 at third base. Uh, I mean, these guys, like, outside of Pinder, I'm maybe not cash plays. Like, who's going to pay 5,100 for Marcus Semien? But he showed power this season. This season. And Sabathia could easily give up three home runs uh, in, in five innings. So, like, the Oakland side, you could get for about 22K, and they could score eight runs on the road. Sheldon News, right there. That's the guy you need to be looking at to make sure he's in the lineup for Oakland. This kid has a bunch of pop, bunch of pop. With Davis on your paternity leave and, you know, Chapman banged up, News might play third base and they, like, might Chapman might – or Matt Chapman might play, like, um, DH. Like, they might DH him uh, with Davis not there. So, they have that DH open with Davis not there. So – if Sheldon News is in there, he's 3,900. He's a guy that I really – I'm going to prioritize him today. Like, he's, he's a guy that has a bunch of power. 27 home runs in AAA this season. Um, really like Sheldon News at 3,900. But I agree with you on everything you said about Oakland. I like the cheaper guys. You know, you can, you can look at like a Pinder, you know, bottom of the order type stack with News, and, you know, it will be very interesting and maybe a little lower owned. Um, and then you just flip it over because – you know, Brett Anderson, a pitch-to-contact guy against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Like, if you're not stacking cores, you're probably stacking this game. Uh, I'm right there with you. Like, I know we're going to talk about Houston when we get to Houston, and that's fine. And the game in Texas is going to be hot and all that, you know, jazz. And Ivan Nova's facing Atlanta. Like, there's plenty of spots today, but cores has a 14-and-a-half total. I need to catch up with cores somewhere, and I think this Yankees team is certainly a team I'm looking at. Right, this could be a, l- a lower-owned spot for Aaron Judge. He's actually hitting the ball well finally again. So 5,300, Brett Anderson. I mean, that sounds like a dong to me. And I even think uh, – I'm hoping Glaber Torres gets lost at, like, the second-base shortstop position because you got, like, Polanco going up against Edward Jackson. You obviously got the Coors game. So if you tell me that Torres is going to be, like, 8% owned or something, I don't think he's going to go that low-owned. But, I mean, against a lefty that doesn't strike anyone out, I mean, it just seems like this game, if you told me there were nine home runs in this game, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, um, I'm hoping there's a bunch of home runs in this game for sure. 
All right, uh, moving on here. We got the Marlins and the Nationals. Nine total, Eliza Hernandez against Anibal Sanchez. Anibal Sanchez is a minus 250 favorite here. Um, what do you think here on Hernandez? I think Hernandez is viable at 5,700. I don't care that the Nationals have a 5.6 implied run total. I know he's getting a ballpark downgrade from Miami, but, I mean, he's a strikeout pitcher. Uh, as long as there's enough righties in the lineup, I mean, Eaton is questionable, but I'm not necessarily all that scared of Eaton. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to find on the slate that there really isn't, like, low-end pitchers that are playable even. So, like, to me, Eliezer Hernandez is, like, the most playable of the low end. And even if you're going to pay up for, like, Nola Bieber, uh, Bumgarner, Lamed, or one of those guys up above 10K, in order to fit in bats and, you know, expensive bats in good spots, you're going to need a cheap pitcher. And I, I'm more likely to play – Hernandez then play the Nationals bats on this slate. I'm with you. I actually think Hernandez is a talented young kid, and they have a few lefties. You know, obviously, Struble is another lefty that they can add. Um, but, you know, majority righties, you know, he's much higher, much better against righties than he is lefties. I like him much better at home, but he's a massive fly ball guy. There are a bunch of fly ball hitters. You know, maybe we – worry about that a little bit but i'm willing to take that shot at 5700 and low ownership because Hannibal sanchez on the other side of this game is a minus 250 like i get it i i pick on the marlins as much as i possibly can i play pitchers against the marlins almost every day and sanchez he's much better against righties this team still only has two lefties in this in this lineup with diaz and walker like, I, I get to Sanchez. He's 8,800, though. Like, we're not – you know, it's not Alex Wood who was, what, 77 or something like that? Like, I have a tough time paying 8,800 for Anibal Sanchez, but I can understand why people would do it. Well, with the Marlins having a 3.5 implied run total currently, like, I'm, to me, to me, he's not a play. I mean, to me, it's – oh, it's the Marlins. Well, the Marlins are actually getting the ballpark upgrade now. Uh, Animal Sanchez doesn't seem to strike anyone out. I mean, he pitches the contact. He's 8,800. You going to play a guy at 80? I mean, I, I want to see Jamino's hamster wheel of ownership, but like if people, I mean, I just don't see how Sanchez, because you're going to have to play him as an SP one at 8,800. Right. You're not pairing him with like Bumgarner and then getting bats. So like, to me, like, I think the smart move is to, I mean, have zero of him. Uh, even though, yes, it's against the Marlins, but I'm more, I'm more inclined to play the Marlins at their prices against Sanchez in Washington than play Sanchez himself. Yeah, I could potentially maybe see like a, a Sanchez-Gibson build or something like that, like, but I don't feel good about it. There's too many bats on the slate. Bats are going to be king on the slate. You know, there's going to be so many runs scored in some of these games that bats are definitely going to take over in this game. So I, I just don't see that two mid-tier pitcher strategy working on the slate, in my opinion. Um, Marlins bats, you talked a little bit about them. Um, they are cheap. I can't stomach playing the Marlins bats, but, you know, you, you can if you want. Right, that you can get a stack for 16K, Stevie. That, that's perfectly fine. I'll take – It's a bargain bin. That's outside of the bargain bin. That's like huh. on the street. Like they're trying to just give it away. I'll take uh, yeah. um I'll take Hernandez and Gibson and and load up on bats instead of stacking the Marlins. Well, I mean, you would use the Marlins may, maybe not as a five man on a fourteen game slate, 
But I could see you using like two of these cheapy guys. You get like Eisen Diaz for three K at second base, and you play Eliza Hernandez at SP two, and then you could load up a five man stack of pretty much any game. So like, don't poo poo the Marlins, even if you're you know can't stomach stacking them. Just like this is a better situation than than playing in Miami, and San, Sanchez isn't a big strikeout pitcher, so they're gonna make contact. So g- grab grab some grab a cheap bat or two. And uh, as long as it's not Lewis Brinson. <laughs> I'd rather pew-pew the Marlins. Just pew-pew, gone. Um, as far as the Washington bats go, you know, Eaton, Soto, Adams, all in play here. Hernandez does really struggle with lefties. Massive fly ball guy. A lot of hard contact. So teams that you're not playing Hernandez, I think you can look at the lefties here uh, because the home run potential for any of those three guys is pretty high in this spot if they make good contact. And don't forget about his Drupal Cabrera at 4,100, batting from the left side, which is his better side. Everyone thinks of Rendon, and he's 5,600, but Cabrera's only 4,100 on DraftKings. And I think even at that price, depending on your lineup construction, that's even a cash-viable play. So, like, if I, I don't mind, like, taking a three-man that includes, like, Cabrera and Adams, like Soto, Cabrera, Adams, and doing something like that. Uh, the five-man seems a little too expensive. I'd rather have the Yankees. I'd rather have cores. Uh, so, but uh, I mean, well, Hernandez does, you know, if, if Hernandez is going to be like the popular cheap option and come in at like 18% owned or something, I mean, which on a 14 game slate is pretty owned. Like you get some leverage by playing some national bats. Yep. Um, it'd be interesting to see where ownership is on the, the cheaper pitchers today. So um, moving on, Houston at Toronto, 10.5 total. Wade Miley against Trent Thornton. Miley is a minus 200 favorite here. You know, he's expensive. He's 10K. He's facing Toronto. We know he's going to go out and not really get shelled here. He's just going to go out and have a mediocre game. But is he worth 10K here is the biggest question. No. I mean, that's not a big question to me. I think it's a simple question to me. You're telling me you're going to pay 10K for Miley when you could – yeah, for, for like a thousand more, seven hundred more, four hundred more, get a guy that could at least strike a bunch of people out. Like, and they, he's getting the ballpark downgrade. So ten k, you got to be nuts. I agree with you. I just want to make sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta ask, gotta ask the hard hitting questions. That's my job, right? Like, that's what the host is supposed to do. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't really. My lay's fine if you're playing on like a draft format, like the app. And like you get him as like your five, six, seven pitcher or something like that. That's fine. He's just not a good DFS option with a salary cap, you know. And then Trent Thornton on the other side of this game. Thornton struggles with righties and lefties. He does have decent strikeout stuff, but he's a massive fly ball guy. Gives up a lot of hard contact. It's a pass for me on Thornton. You know, over a five x fit, facing one of the better offenses in baseball. The Astros have a six point three implied run total heading into Toronto. Uh, uh, there's no chance I play Thornton. Uh, let's talk Astros bats. They're not cheap. You know, one good thing about DraftKings today is they, they've definitely priced up the top offenses today. No, but the, the, the thing is, is that while the Astros are going to be lower owned because of all the other spots on this slate, like Trent Thornton actually just does generate swinging strikes. Like he does get some strikeouts. He can't, I mean, he could give up three bombs, but, like, unless they could get to the Toronto bullpen, like, I'm not a big fan of stacking up a team at 5,500 each play. I mean, Springer and Altuve and Alvarez and, like, all these guys are very expensive. 
So I'm more inclined to use this as a onesie, twosie, threesie type of thing. Like, I'm not going to get suckered into Abraham Toro if he's in the lineup at 2,400. Not as a one-off. That's the type of guy you throw in a stack to make the stack size cheaper. But, like, I prefer the, the game at Yankee Stadium more to this game. But, like, if, if, the, if the hamster wheel of ownership shows, like, 4%, like, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit more interested in it. Yeah, you got to play the ownership game, man. You know that. <laughs> um, I like I like Houston, and I don't mind using any of the cheaper bats because I, I think the Toronto bullpen's terrible, and you know I have no issue playing any of the the Houston bats here. So, um, as far as the Toronto side of things go, like I would have interest in Bichette if it wasn't a if he wasn't five k on a on a fourteen game slate, and I really don't want to pay five k for a one off in yeah at shortstop like i'll find six hundred dollars and play trevor story well typically miley doesn't really get blown up ever but he may give up one home run and i'm i'd much rather find it cheaply so like if i'm gonna play a one-off bat on the blue jay side it's gonna be like blood at 4100 or like grichik or tioscar if he's in the lineup both those guys are under 4k you grab you grab your 14 points and you run you sprinkle them in your some of your lineups but like with with Tellez in or Smoke, I mean, they're, they're, Smoke would be batting from his worst side. Fisher's sucks. I mean, like, like I don't want to stack against Miley and like, like all the good hitters are like left-handed. Like, I can't play Biggio lefty lefty. So like, it, it's 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 wholly unappealing. Cleveland at Tampa. Uh, Shane Bieber against Austin Pruitt. Um, what's your thoughts here on the Biebs? Ownership game, I think he has the highest upside of any pitcher on this slate against the Rays and their strikeout rate. And they're, he's heading into Tampa, which is probably one of the best pitchers' parks. So the problem is that if you're paying 11-8 for him, uh, you're, not, you're not playing expensive stacks with him. Even if you pair him with Eliza Hernandez, like you're going to have to make a couple of concessions anyway. So if you think that Bieber puts up a 40-plus point game, then he may be worth it. And then you could pair you pair it with a vomit stack and hope the stack correlation, you know, a, a team just out of nowhere goes off for 13, 14 runs. Like that'll win you a GPP, but just understand you're not going to be able to pair this with like an expensive stack that you want. So like as long as both conditions are true, but I mean Bieber, Bieber could strike out 12 in this matchup against the Rays. Yeah, I might be on the fence, like might be on the side of just hoping that he doesn't go out and have a monster game and I'm, you know, continue to just look at bats in this game or bat, not in this game, just bats on this slate um, in general. So I, I like bats on this slate. I know I keep saying it, but like, I'm not prioritizing pitching right now. Like, uh, but anyway, um, Pruitt on the other side of this game, you know, Pruitt is a guy that's probably going to throw around 80 pitches, maybe 90 if he's pitching well. Cleveland just doesn't strike out, uh, you know, at a very high clip. So, I, I think this is a, a probably a stay-away spot for me on Pruitt. Yeah, 7,200 for 80 pitches. Even if he was a good pitcher, I wouldn't want to pay that price. Um, Let's see here. Bats on the Cleveland side. What are we looking at here for Cleveland? I like this stack, Stevie. I like this price. I hope people stay away because it's in Tampa. Oh, it's a bad ballpark. How do I play the Indians? Well, number one, they're on the road. So you're going to get nine innings. 
And like the, the most expensive hitter is, is is Lindor. You probably would play him anyway. Uh, Pruitt is not like is not even a good pitcher. So like like Santana's cheap at forty four hundred. Normally we'd see him more. Puig and Puig is thirty eight hundred. Kipnis is his normal thirty seven hundred underpriced. I mean you could play Naquin thirty two hundred. I mean you could you could build this could all if you don't play Lindor this stack could actually be a vomit stack. It's under twenty k. And it's the Indians. We don't have a total in this game yet, but I don't expect the Indians' total to be much higher than five, but which is going to be lower than other games. But for the price, like I can play a, a Indian stack with like uh, maybe not a 10K pitcher and then play like three expensive one-offs, play a judge, play a story, play a, you know, do something like that. Uh, and, and you tell me the Indians scored 10 runs today. I'm never surprised. Yeah, um, I like the pricing. I do. Uh, you know, I think that maybe I go three-man instead of five-man for Cleveland, um, but I completely understand, like, what this what, – what it all depends on is what the lineup comes out like. You know, they had a kind of a weird lineup on Thursday because they had some really cheap guys in there in weird spots. Um, so, I think that, you know, I think that definitely could be looking at Cleveland as a potential stack um, – do not forget my boy Chang if he's in there. Uh, he's 3K. So, again, man, I, I like those cheap guys. Uh, Tampa here, high leverage spot. You know, everybody's going to be playing Biebs. No, but everyone's not going to be playing Biebs. He's too expensive. They want the bats. I don't know. I think I think he'll get 18 to 22% ownership. Really? That high? I, I, I don't think it's going to be that high. Uh, I, have, I have an in with the hamsters. The hamsters I, I, I talk to once in a while. <laughs> hamsters don't think so. All right, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, if, if he was getting 20%, sure. If you want to play the Rays, play the Rays. But you're not going to get discount here. Who's playing Meadows and Fam for 4600 If you want to play a 1% zone, guys, I mean, here he, you guys. But, uh, you know, people may look at Bieber's last outing and go, oh, he got hit around a little. But it's a 14-game slate. I could find 1% owned guys in other games. I, I pl- I'll, I'll play Tigers at, at dirt nothing prices against Gibson than pay, like, a normal price for these Rays. Minnesota at Detroit. Kyle Gibson against Edwin Jackson. No total in this one. Um, I like Gibson. I really do. Um, I, I think that if you're going for bats on this slate and you don't want to go up to a Bieber or a Nola – I can maybe see playing Lamette. I could see playing Bauer. I could see playing Bumgarner. I could see playing all those guys. But I actually like this spot for Kyle Gibson. I think that he had a little BABIP in the last meeting. They just faced each other. And I think that could potentially scare some people off. But I think that, you know, when we look at Detroit as a whole, there's plenty of strikeouts here. Gibson is a guy that has a 22.6% strikeout rate and a 13% swinging strike rate. Like, he has K ability, um, so I, I like this spot for Kyle Gibson. I, th- I think he's fine in an S- as an SP1 in a lineup where you're just loading up on bats. But, I mean, even – like, I'm not going to play Gibson as an SP2 with a vomit stack, like play Nola Gibson, because, like, I, I just don't think Gibson's upside, even against the Tigers, is high enough that, like, he could score 38 points himself. Because I'm going to need that much if I'm going to play that construction. But, like, if I'm playing as, as an SP1 and I'm going to get a team that's going to score 15 runs, I don't care about that. 
So, like, I get it. I consider him more of like a kind of a quote safe pick. Like, I don't see him getting blown up. But like, if he gives you twenty two points, like, you're not complaining. But maybe you don't win a GPP with that. So, like, you have to weigh it with your lineup construction. He's completely lineup construction. Like, you know, you, you nailed it there. Like, it's all about lineup construction when you're potentially playing Gibson in this spot. So, um, Edwin Jackson. Man. Against the Twins. Oh, no, I, I mean, I do kamikaze things. I'd rather play Eliezer Hernandez against the Nationals <laughs> for 700 more than play Edwin Jackson against the Twins. The Twins realistically could hit – five, six, seven home runs on the slate by themselves. Like, when we're looking for teams to just hit home runs, whether using three-mans, one-offs, stacks, however you want to approach it, like, the Twins need to be on your radar today. Like, the Twins could easily be the highest-scoring team on the slate. I don't think they're not going to be on anyone's radar. Once Edwin Jackson's on the the mound, people gravitate. So that's why, actually, I believe the opposite. That's the reason. No, no, no. Not opposite, like they're not good plays. I just think that people are going to go, it's a 14-game slate. Oh, everyone's going to play cores. Where do I go that's not cores? Edwin Jackson's on the mound. Let me stack the Twins. And then Yankee Stadium with the A's and the Yankees goes under-owned. So, like, that's why looking at ownership matters. And I'm expecting at least, this is at least in my head as I'm planning, that the Twins are going to be higher-owned than the Yankees and the A's. And I'm more inclined to go under on the Twins. Maybe take one-offs. Like, I like Rosario at 4,600. Like, take him as a one-off. You could take, uh, like, Jason Castro, if he's in instead of uh, Garver. Take him. Take, you know, if Kepler's back, you know, like, take, like, the one-off guys. Uh, but, like, the full stack is going to be just as expensive as any of the other stacks. And I think this is going to be the stack of choice by people that do not go to cores. I think it's going to be the Yankees, but you know, really? I could be wrong. I really do. No, but either Yan- way, uh, the concept yeah. is sound. If it happens yeah. to be the Yankees, then the but Twins are gr- much better plays. But I mean, it, it's like you're choosing between good options. It's like if you like, oh, I'm going to go here instead of there. Feel free to do so. I'm just going by. I think uh, the pitcher. It's like the fact. It's not the Yankees. It's not Brett Anderson. It's just the when people see Edwin Jackson's name. They go, how many bats can I take against them? So I'm kind of expecting that type of bias. Listen, I'm the same way. Um, when I see Edwin Jackson, I start licking my That's chops. That's what you should be doing. I'm not telling you anything you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> oh, Edwin Jackson's pitching today. All right, how many stacks can I roll out there against him? <laughs> um, do you have any interest in the Detroit side of things? Maybe not as a stack, but I mean, they're, I mean anyone get a home run off of Gibson once. So, like, I mean, their lineup has gone all over the place. Who knows who's going to be in it? But, like, if – I mean, they're – it's I view the Tigers very similar to the Marlins. Kind of like, you know, sure, Dowell Lugo. If you need a punt at third base, go for it. Have fun. Ronnie Rodriguez, Brandon Dixon. I mean, I'm more inclined to use the middle infield positions, Harold Castro or something. But, I mean, I, I know they're a vomit stack, but I'm, I'm not I'm – not th- I, I don't want to stack them against Gibson. I mean, Gibson's a decent pitcher. I stacked them against Plutko, and Plutko got eight strikeouts. So Gibson may have twenty-seven strikeouts in this matchup. So I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait for Plutko. I'm gonna wait for Plutko on the next slate. Uh, but uh, like, I don't. I don't think you're crazy on taking Tigers one-offs as like fillers, as 
throw him in. Uh, I need a guy at, at 3,400 at second base. You're probably taking Chad Pinder. But if you don't, you take Harold Castro. Yeah, like, I, I completely understand that. Um, man, I'm going to look for other ways because I don't want to play Detroit. I want to play Gibson. So now, That would be the best way. I just got to mention that it could be a way. Um, Ivan Nova against Max Freed, White Sox against Braves, nine and a half total. Max Freed's a two fifteen favorite. Um, any interest here in Ivan Nova? In Atlanta against the Braves, not, I know he's been pitching well, but like I'm not paying seventy three hundred for Nova. Max Freed's interesting on this slate because of his price. He's seventy five hundred. He's facing a strikeout heavy White Sox team. He's a young kid that throws a lot of strikes. They're a team that strikes out. They don't walk. He's 7,500, and when we're looking at this range, like, there's a couple other guys that we haven't got to yet that I'm going to mention, like, that are, are down here in this range. But price considering, the matchup's not perfect. They're, this team's better against lefties than they are against righties. Um, I like Freed here. I think he could go out and have a solid game, and we don't need him to go get 30. We need him to get 18 to 22 at 7,500. Yeah, with the White Sox having a 3.9 implied run total, I think Max Reed is the chalk SP2 on the slate. Wouldn't shock he, me. No, it wouldn't shock I, I think he's going to end up being, oh, you know, 20-plus percent owned, if not 30, something like that. Because I mean, you're going to look at other options and not really like them, uh, point-per-dollar-wise. Uh, so, like, you know, it, it, I mean, the White Sox strike out a lot. Max Freed could go out and strike six guys out, pitch six innings, you know, give up two runs, give you a win behind the Braves' offense against Nova, and give you 18 – I don't see a 30-point game. But, like, in comparison to everyone, in the context of this slate, you could you could play Max Freed with, like, a 10K-level pitcher and still get a good stack and still get good enough batch. You may have to punt one plates, but you'll still get it. But the, the reason that with Freed being possibly chalk at SP2 – means uh, with the White Sox getting a ballpark upgrade uh, and them not really being that cheap, uh, I'm kind of interested in the White Sox bats. Now, I will say this. like So, Kobe, Kobe Alarn um, was with the Braves, and they moved him because he's, very, he's a very similar type pitcher to Max Fried. If we think back to last week, I think it was last week. It might have been the weekend. might have been Friday. But – Kobe Allard just dominated the White Sox. So, like, it, I'm not saying 30 is not possible. I think he put up, like, 29 or 30 fantasy points. He dominated them. So, um, I'm not saying Free can't go out and dominate this game. I'm just saying, like, if he starts to become really popular, there's a guy that I don't mind taking a shot on that's really similar in price. But right now, Max Freed, I think, is my SP2 of choice. So, um. Bats here, the White Sox, you kind of talked about if, if, if Freed becomes popular, you know, the White Sox stacks cheap. Um, you can get They're not that cheap, really, Stevie. They're not. Yeah, I guess that's. It's 4K range. I mean, like, Moncada's 49, Abreu's 47, Anderson's 47, Eloy's 4,000, McCann's 44. Like, this is not a cheap. The, the Indian stack is actually, I think, cheaper. <laughs> but that'll make the ownership even lower. Now, doesn't mean that you have to five-man stack it. But if, like, Freed is popular, it's a 14-game slate. So, like, like how much – I don't need absurdity types of leverage 
because everyone's going to be, you know, lowish-ish type of ownership. But I could play a three-man of this. I could play one-off bats here. You know, I could, I could be underweight on Freed and then play, you know, Eloy one-offs. I could play Tim Anderson one-offs. I could pair, you know, McCann. No one's going to pay 4400 for him at catcher. You know, you may play two of these guys. Hope Freed, you know, gives up three home runs, negatively impacts all the lineups that have him. And then you get these guys at what, like 2% ownership? Yeah. It's um, an option. It's not, I'm not saying it's yeah. the best of options, but it's an option. So how many home runs does Freddie Freeman hit off of Nova before he gets taken out of the game? That's the real question in this game. Yeah, but he's 5,600, Stevie. I really hope he's low-owned. Uh, I think he will because uh, people are going to play Daniel Murphy at 4,500. So I don't think Which people I are paying up. I completely understand why you would save $1,100, but free money Freddie, this is like he, – he grades out as my highest guy on my batted ball profile today. Like he crushes the pitches Nova throws. Like this is an excellent spot for Freddie Freeman. I think it's also uh, – you could take Matt Joyce at 4,000. Batting fifth, I think it, it – I mean, no, but, I mean, it doesn't really – he doesn't strike that many people out. So, like, you, yeah, he's weaker against lefties, but I don't mind righties. It's just that the Braves are expensive. So, like, I'm more inclined to look at Albies, Donaldson, Joyce, Swanson if he's in the lineup. If Cervelli's back in the lineup, he'll probably end up getting hurt again anyway. So, it's, it's, it's feel free to play him for one at bat if you'd like. Uh, uh, but, like, I, I mean, the Braves are going to go under-owned based on the context of the slate, even with the Donaldson and Joyce prices and Albies prices. So like, if you wanted to stack, like I, I don't call it crazy at all. Can we get Billy Hamilton in there? Nova is terrible at holding on runners. Like throw, throw Billy in there at 3,200 and um, I'll make a nice little wraparound or something with that stack. Like would not hate doing that with Billy Hamilton. All I need is a walk, get on base. You could steal two. <laughs> Um, Seattle at Texas, Marco Gonzalez against Kobe Allard, um, 10 and a half total. Allard's a slight favorite here at 130. Um, Marco Gonzalez, any interest here in him? Not at this price, not at 8,400. I mean, like, yeah, te- Texas is horrible against lefties. You're absolutely right. But they're playing in Texas in 94 degree heat. Marco Gonzalez isn't the best of pitchers. The context, I'd, I'll get the 1,100 to go up to Gibson. Or I'll go all the way down and and try for a cheap pitcher. Just he's in a price range where is it really worth it to play him? Probably not. I'd probably go up to Gibson. Um, yeah, like I like the spot. The only issue, the other issue that I have for him is this is to be the fifth time they've seen him this year. Like we're starting to get to the point where they've seen him a bunch, and I know he's been pitching better recently, but. I think he's a good pitcher to go out and get 18 to 20. So is Anibal Sanchez. Like, you know, I just don't see – maybe maybe they make sense. Like, maybe, maybe. I just – I don't know. It's the night before. It's so hard because I'm not roster construction, like building a lineup or anything yet. So it's really weird, like, to say that I won't play these guys. I could see Marco Gonzalez putting up 20 here. But I don't know if 20 is enough when I can go down to, like, Max Freed, who can put up 20 as well. Right. This game has a 10.5 total. Five for the Mariners and 5.6 for the Rangers. Like, Gonzalez, I'd rather play Colby Allard at 8K over Gonzalez, the lefty against the Mariners, 
But like, I'm not thrilled about doing that either at 8K, being that it's in Texas. And Seattle is sneakily effective, even with all their lefties, against lefties. So like, it, it's a spot that, that even if you look at the bats, the bats almost seem overpriced, except for a couple of ones and twosy cheapy guys that like, you would think a hot game in Texas would be more appealing, but like, like not with, with teams that like either strike out a lot or have batters that are so expensive. Like I, I can't stomach paying for. Um, the other side, any interest in a Larden? Well, I mean, he has strikeout stuff against, uh, against the Mariners, but the Mariners are, 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 even though they have lefties in the lineup, they could still hit the ball out in Texas. So like, if you want to take a shot, he's someone that could, he could someone that could go out and strike out nine. Uh, but he's also someone that could also, you know, walk five guys and give up seven runs. See, I like right-handed pitchers um, against this team. I struggle with left-handed pitchers against this team. But in the very small sample that we've seen so far, he's been semi-reverse splits because he has a cutter change-up fastball combo and can use those pitches to get right-handed batters out. So it's kind of an interesting spot when you're looking at this slate as a whole because of his price at 8K. He was that guy that I said, like, if I'm not playing freed, I have a little interest in. There's strikeout upside here. I could see him outscoring everybody in this range and being 5% owned. So I think there's upside. I think you talk about this all the time. I think projection models are going to like him. I really do. I think he's going to be one of those guys that comes in pretty high on the projection models when we start digging into this slate even more. Well, it depends on – he has a very small sample size, so it really depends on how the projection model weights, like his minor league stats and stuff like that. But – He's an option. I don't call you crazy, even though the Mariners have a five implied run total. Like you're not, you're not nuts because the bat. But the bats in this game, I just like to me on the Mariners side. Uh, if it, he's leading off because it's against the lefty, yeah, Tim Lopez for thirty three hundred in the outfield. I mean, you you could do worse. I mean, he's not Lewis Brinson, uh, but I mean, how much can you expect from a guy that really doesn't have that much power? Yeah, I like I like Lopes. Um, just kind of going both sides here. I like Solek. He's 3,500. I don't even mind like a Dylan Moore or DeShields. All those guys are under 4K. Um, Austin Nola, he's been really good since getting called up. You can play him at second base. He's 4,300. And then on the high end, like, you know, Tom Murphy as a catcher play. I know he's 4,900, and I hate paying up for catcher. But he's he's just shown so much power uh, against left-handed pitching that you got to consider him. And you know, I wish Kyle Seager was a little cheaper because nobody's going to play him lefty lefty anyway. And if he was like 4K on this slate, he'd be a really good option because he hits left-handed pitching well. And so far, Lard's given up a lot of hard contact to lefties, so I wouldn't mind mixing in matching some of these guys today. No, I, I, I agree with you. And you missed you missed one bat, Stevie. I can't believe you missed him, especially since you have to fit all those bats in. You missed him, Stevie. You know who I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah, Jeff Mathis, man. Right, 2K Jeff Mathis. Plug in your zero and hopefully you score up everywhere else. <laughs> you know, I haven't played Mathis in a while. Really? I kind of. Feel I've been that. playing him just so so I could get the suck out of out of out of him for you. 
Like, you're waiting for that, like, um, Jeff Mathis home run, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, look at that. He had BVP, Stevie, against Felix Hernandez, apparently. <laughs> apparently, he oh. hit two home runs off of him. I didn't know he ever hit two home runs ever. He has two home runs on the season. Like, he matched his season total. <laughs> well, I mean, Felix Hernandez has been around for, like, since the Ice Age. So, like, yeah, obviously the BVP is going to be, like, for the course of who knows how long. All right, moving on. We got the Reds and the Cardinals. Trevor Bauer against Dakota Hudson. Um, kind of a pick em here. Any interest in Bauer? Uh, heavily interested in Bauer uh, against the righties in the Cardinals lineup. He's only 10-4. Now, yes, he's a head case. He could go out, give you a negative eight. You're absolutely – that can happen. Uh, but as I think he has the as high upside as Shane Bieber, and he's 10-4. And Bauer could go out, and he—I mean—he could strike out double digits in this matchup. So, like to me, you're getting a discount because of his horrible performance against the Pirates last outing. So, I'm hoping that people like your recency bias and go, "How do I play Bauer?" Uh, but like to me, he matches up very well with the Cardinals, even with like them being fully healthy now. Sorry, um, got thrown off like lightning at one o'clock in the morning. Um, always throws me off. Already starting to get some outer bands of <laughs> the storm. I like Bauer too. 10 4. If I'm not going up to those guys, listen, I don't hate a St. Louis stack in this game either. And, you know, Bauer is a head case. Um, my issue, like, we got to watch the weather. This is one of the games that potentially has weather. So, obviously. If weather becomes an issue, it could lower his ownership a ton, which is always fun. Uh, so, we're going to have to pay attention to Roth here. Dakota Hudson on the other side of this game. Dakota Hudson's really good against righties. Um, you know, he struggles with lefties. They do potentially have four lefties in this lineup. 9,200? 7,200, I'd play Dakota Hudson. 9,200, 9, I just don't see the upside to play Hudson. No, I mean, Hudson is at the, the – like, what – Pay eight hundred to get Wade Miley. I mean, like that to make it sound like that's like I'd rather play Wade Miley at ten k than Hudson at ninety two hundred. But I'd rather play Gibson at ninety five hundred against the Tigers because the Tigers are a much worse team than the Reds. I'm not saying that the Reds are a good team, but they're, they're at least they're better than the Tigers. So, like, yeah, if you want to play a guy that's going to be two percent owned, go for Dakota Hudson. Uh, any Cincinnati bats that you like here? I mean, you, can, you could always uh, Van Meter, Votto. I mean, I mean, obviously Arist- Aristides Aquino could hit a home run like every other day. You could do that. Now, he's going to be lower owned, but I mean, I don't consider him to be the greatest of plays. But I mean, the, the, to me, this is like a, a, a cheapy, cheapy onesie twosie type of thing. Like, I'm not a big fan of stacking against Dakota Hudson. He just generates a lot of ground balls. Uh, you know, you, you're going to need like the best of BABIP games on a 14-game slate for the red stack to be the top stack. So, like, I don't I don't mind any of these guys as one-offs. Yeah, Aquino's probably my favorite. He's a massive fly ball guy, facing ground ball guy. It's not like Hudson has a big strikeout pitch. He's under 18% to both sides of the plate. Um, and I don't even hate Van Meter at second base, 3,800. I think he's in play. But I don't love the Reds here. You know, that's why I was saying if Dakota Hudson was 7,200, I'd certainly have interest in as far as the Cardinals go, I approach the Cardinals one way today. I stack them. Like, I'm not playing one-offs. I'm not trying to find – like, I want Bauer to go out and have that blow-up game, and I want a Cardinals stack. 
And I know what you're going to say. They're cheap. That's absolutely right. I stacked the Pirates against Bauer when he got blew up because they were even cheaper than the Cardinals. Because that's, that's always a possibility. And I'm with you. Like, Bauer's the type – Bauer's the perfect type of pitcher when he's bad. A guy that gives up a ton of fly balls as well as walks the moon. So all the base runners are always on base for, you know, when the ball goes over the fence. So, like, if he's on, none of your guys make value. But if he's off, that five-man stack could be the top stack of the day. All right, moving on. We got Baltimore at Kansas City. John Means um, against Eric Soglin. I think it's Means. Uh, I've seen- I, I, I saw Bundy. DraftKings has Bundy listed. DraftKings has Bundy and both the other, like, Roto-Grinders and um, MLB.com both have Means. So I was going to go off of Means. Um, I hope it's Means. He, he's 6,100. He's cheap. Like, you know. He's supposed to start Friday or Saturday is the last report, and everything that I'm seeing is Friday. So I want Means to be the guy because he's 6,100 facing Kansas City. Like, it's as easy as that. I'll play Bundy, too. I have no issues playing Bundy here, but I'd much rather play John Means if he's the guy. Right. Bundy has more strikeout upside, but also Bundy has the ability to go out and give up 12 runs. Uh, Means Means is – He's not as good of a pitcher as we've been saying this for months. He's really not that good of a pitcher, but he's actually getting a ballpark upgrade. He's not pitching in Baltimore. They're pitching in Kansas City. And if he's the lefty, like half of most of the, the Royals lineup are bad lefties or like power hitting left, like O'Hearn or something. He could strike out four times. So like at 6,100, like if it is means, I actually prefer means over Eliezer Hernandez. But I was coming into this thinking it was Dylan Bundy. And Dylan Bundy has upside, but I think that's more of like a GPP type of play for his price in the 7K range. Uh, Skoglin, on the other hand, like 6,500. I'd be interested in Skoglin if he was under 5K. He'd be one of the type of pitchers. I'd say, can he pitch X innings and whatever type of thing? But 6,500, there's no chance that I play him. Yeah, I actually kind of like some of these Baltimore bats um, for sure. But, yeah, honestly, it, it, whether it is Means or Bundy, I think they're both in play today. You know, I, Means is 6,100. He's cheap. Like, you, that's why you're playing Means. Bundy has K upside. And if we're going to see a lot of ownership on some of these pitchers, like, you know, he, he's interesting. Now, Soglin, he's a lefty. Last season, 240 plate appearances against righties, 206 ISO, 43% hard hit rate to righties. Um this is a this is a team that is a perfect three man because there's three guys that you can play here. It's Mancini, it's Nunez, and it's Alberto. They're the perfect little three man on the back end of another stack because you get your upside from Nunez and Mancini, and you get your on base elite on base skills from Alberto, and they should hit like one, two, four. And I don't think they're they're all under forty five hundred, right? No, no, you're you're right on board. If if you want to in, replace Alberto and play Severino to fill yeah. a catcher spot at thirty four hundred, you can do that too. Like uh, your assessment is exactly what I was going to say. I'm not a I'm, I don't like Baltimore as a stack here with the ballpark downgrade and a lot of their hitters aren't very good. Uh, but uh, and Santander's better from uh, from uh, 
the left side of the plate than the right side of the plate. But I mean, you can, and VR is just too expensive. He's he's five thousand on DraftKings. So yeah, I'm much more inclined to play Alberto Mancini, Nunez, Severino as a two or three man combo than anything else in this game. Yeah, love Nunez. He's always one of my favorite plays when he's facing the lefties. Just he's been so good this season against left-handed pitching and. You know, when we're looking at a guy with a 267 ISO and a 41% hard hit rate with a 313 air distance, that's 4,300 and nobody's going to play because there's so many options today. I love that. I, I like the Baltimore on the back end of another stack. As far as Kansas City goes, whether it be – if it's means, I like Dozier, Solaire, and Cuthbert. They're really good against lefties. They're another three men that you could potentially look at. If it's Bundy, I still like Solaire and Dozier. Cuthbert probably won't be in the lineup. It'll probably be O'Hearn, and you can kind of switch that out to get a three-man. Um, you'll just have to see which pitcher's pitching. Right. They're both kind of – I think they're both within 100 of each other. So, if you play O'Hearn, you can switch to Cuthbert. I think Cuthbert's 3,000. But, I mean, understand that when you're playing one of those guys, like the guys in this Royals team, like I'm not – even at these prices, I'm not stacking because, like, they're home run or bust. Like, they strike out too much. The bottom of the lineup just ends too many rallies. You know, like, I could see playing a – like, if you want to, like, go cheapy cheap, uh, like, if it's Bundy, you play Brett Phillips. If it's Means, you play Bubba Starling. But I just understand, like, Bubba Starling is one step above Lewis Brinson. So, don't expect much. Um, all right, moving on here. Pittsburgh at Colorado. Um, a grazzle, a grazzle against Sensatella. We're not playing either one of these pitchers today. I'll sum that up. Uh, even I know you do crazy things, but you're not playing either one of these pitchers, right? Well, I just have to mention. No, nope. they're, they're 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 under 5K and they could pitch at 90 pitches. They fit that criteria, but like I I can't. I mean, this game has nearly a 15 total. We're crying out loud, and these two pitchers don't strike anyone out. Um, all right, starting with the Pittsburgh side of things, Sensatella is a fastball guy. He throws fastball 60 to 70% of the time, most games. When we look at this team, they're not the best fastball-hitting team in baseball. I will say that. There is one guy that stands out to me. That's Brian Reynolds. I don't really love playing Brian Reynolds when he's priced up like this, but Batted, bo- batted ball profile-wise, like, he's a guy you, you certainly need to be looking at here. But, you know, Josh Bell, all these guys, very much in play. Um, I like the Rocky side a little bit more than I like the Pittsburgh side. But I will be playing Pittsburgh here, no doubt about it. Well, you like the Rocky side because they're cheaper. Because in, on, the, on the Pittsburgh side, like, the cheapest bat, like, yeah, the catcher, but then you have like Colin Moran and Adam Frazier. Then everyone else is in the mid fives. On the Rockies, you get Daniel Murphy at forty five hundred, McMahon at forty six, Desmond at forty three, Hilliard at four thousand, uh, and then you don't count the Walters or whoever whoever's catching uh, or Nunez. Uh, so like, uh, I, I said this in the Discord. If you if you're if you're never a premium member and you're not part of the Discord, you're missing out on a ton of value that you get out of your premium membership. Because I'm in there like nearly all day. We're always talking strategy, not like who's going to hit a home run or anything, but like lineup construction and tournament leverage and things like that. And I said on this slate that we just played that people aren't used to seeing the Pirates this expensive. So people look at it and go, how do I pay 5600 for Brian Reynolds? They're used to seeing Arenado, Story, Blackman at these prices because they're in cores all the time, most of the time anyway. 
So, like, if I had to choose between the two, price be gotten or whatever, I'd much rather side with the Pittsburgh side because I'm expecting when Jamino's hamster wheel turns that uh, that Pittsburgh's going to be lower owned than the Rockies because it's just easier to make a Rocky stack and you feel like these are the prices they should be. Um, as far as the Rockies go, like you're, you're probably starting with Hillard again. Uh, I, you know, I said this yesterday, he's 4k. He's a, he's, he's the first guy you start with. Like there's no reason he was really popular. He's going to be really popular again, but, him and Dom Nunez are, are are two lock and load plays for me if they're in the lineup. No, I think I think you're gonna find the cash plays. I mean, yeah. you could easily. I think Daniel Murphy's cash first base play, and I think Hill. I mean, Hillier had four thousand with his power against Agrizal, who can't. I mean, Agrizal has what an eight percent strikeout rate. I mean, it's something stupidly low, and Senzatella isn't much better. I mean, it makes Ivan Nova look like a strikeout pitcher. That's how bad this is. So, like, yeah, this is obviously going to be the most popular team on the entire slate. But they also have an implied total of 7.6 runs. So, it's warranted. <laughs> All right. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. So, let's move on. Dodgers and Diamondbacks, nine total. Um, Tony Gonsolin um, against Zach Gollin, my boy. Um, any interest here in Tony Gonsolin? I mean, if he was cheaper, maybe seventy nine hundred. Uh, I'd rather play Max Fried. I'd rather play Allard. I mean, he's getting his pitch count up, but like, just doesn't have the pedigree that I'd even want to play him, even in Arizona. See, I actually kind of like Gonsolin. Gonsolin, I think is how he says it. You know, anybody that rocks a mass mustache like that, like I'm interested. But roof expected to be closed here in Arizona. You know, obviously you're worried about Marte, Escobar, Walker. But who else are you really worried about in this lineup? Like, that's the kind of thing, like, I think that we have to consider here. And this is more of if we open projected ownership and Max Freed's ownership is just at a point where I have to start looking for other options. No, I agree with you there. The ownership game works. I think also Zach Allen on the other side of the game is very similar. No one's going to want to play him against the Dodgers. I'm telling you that right now. No one's going to want to play him. Including he, me. Right? Well, I, he's overpriced for this matchup. I get it. But he also, has a, he also has a strikeout rate. And, you know, I know that you have to get around Bellinger. You have to get around some big bats. But, like, if you told me Gallon put up 25 points, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told him he put up more points than Gibson, I wouldn't be shocked. And if you tell me he's going to be 2% owned, maybe I have a little bit. It doesn't mean I'm going all in or anything. But, like, he's a good pitcher. I know the Dodgers have a 5.1 implied run total. But, like, uh, you can take a shot if you want. Yeah, you can take a shot if you want. Um, I'm not going to. I understand why you would. 28% K rate on the season. Faces team when he was with Miami. Put up, I think, 15 fantasy points. Um, I just – 9,800 for any pitcher against the Dodgers. I'm just not going to really have any interest. So, um, I'm not going to go out and stack the Dodgers here. I love stacking the Dodgers. Um, I respect the talent for Gollin. I don't think this is a spot you necessarily go out and stack the Dodgers. They were really disappointing on Thursday slate against Merrill Kelly. I really think I could off Merrill Kelly. I watched some of that game before we got started here and he's just not good. He's just, oh, I get so tilted every time I see him pitch and like, he's your Adam Plutko. 
he I guess like he only threw like I think he only threw four innings too like the Arizona bullpen did really well and like you know respect where respect is deserved and you know they they did really well but Kelly just yeah it was a 10 spot for the Dodgers it was a 10 spot for the Dodgers um one of our listeners was like just now sweating he tweeted me just a second ago he's second in the $66 on DraftKings want to give him a shout out um Pat Macer- Macerson, um, shout out to him. Second, third, fifth um, on in the $66 today. Really good day for him. So he just tweeted me as we were looking, and he needed a double from Bellinger to pass the guy in first, and Bellinger struck out on a pitch below his knees. So um, do you have Dodgers thoughts here and then just roll into Arizona? I mean, you can play well. You can play a one-off. I mean, Bellinger is going to be low. I mean, these guys – I think this game is going to be low on. So if you want to pick out a guy – like you could pick, you could if you want to play. Uh, I mean, Kettle Marte's four fifty four hundred. I mean, he's going to be under one percent owned, but I don't think they're great plays. But if Jake Lamb's in the lineup at thirty two hundred, if Rojas is in the lineup at twenty five hundred, I view the, the this game very similar to like they may not be as cheap as like the Tigers or the Marlins, but it's like if you need a bat and you need someone under four K or something, like you can't go wrong necessarily taking one of these guys. Yeah, I don't love this game. You know, I think you could definitely look at Marte. One thing that we have um, seen so far um, from Gonzalez is he is a massive fly ball guy that gives up a lot of hard contact. So a guy like Marte, who has home run power, Walker, Escobar, any of those guys. But I, I don't expect this game to have 15 or 16 runs like it did on Thursday. So um moving on we got two more games here boston at la taking on the angels nathan Eovaldi against jose suarez uh no total in this one and i think that's just more of because i don't think we know really how far um Eovaldi's going to go in this game they want to stretch him out i think but he threw 64 last time maybe 75 this time and he's facing the angels he's 6800 but Maybe a different team. I just don't know if I can play him here against the Angels. No, not with pitch count problems. If he was under 5K, sure, but no. And Suarez on the other side against the Red Sox, get out of here. Yeah, um, if Suarez was 4,200 maybe, (laughs) no chance. Um, Let's talk Red Sox bats. Suarez, so far, he's really struggled with righties. 434 Woba, 267 ISO, 46% hard hit rate. And when we're looking at this lineup, Betts, Bogarts, Martinez, Sam Travis, um, all these guys with ISOs, you know, plus 200 against left-handed pitching. And this may be one of those stacks that goes overlooked because people are going to be if I don't want to play cores, I'm going to attack Edwin Jackson with the Twins. Or they go to Yankee Stadium, and maybe they don't go here because they go, well, the Red Sox are getting a ballpark, quote, downgrade because they're out of Fenway, and they're still priced like – Fenway-ish type of pricing. So, like, Suarez, what he's done on, he'll walk everyone. Like, he walks so many people that as long – if they get two home runs, they could be two grand slams. So, like, don't poo-poo this stack. Like, if Sam Travis is in the lineup against the lefty, you may not get four at batch. You may only get three. So, be aware of that. 3,500, he at least makes the stack cheaper. So, you could just go – Devers, lefty, lefty. Not many people like playing that, but Devers could hit one lefty lefty, no problem against Suarez. So don't be, don't be, you know, you can't play Devers in this lineup. And even at the bottom, if Owings is in or Vasquez at 4,000, like 
I think it's going to be one of the lo- lowest owned like Red Sox slates that you'll see. And Suarez, although he's shown to be a decent pitcher, like could easily not be a good pitcher. Yeah, and the thing about Sam Travis and Mitch Moreland, Boston's done a really good job for the most part letting them finish the games when they've started. So um, not saying that it's like a, a thing that's happening, but like so far they'd rather like pinch hit for O-Wings or somebody in the bottom of, uh, late in the game with a Mitch Moreland if he doesn't start or a Sam Travis if he doesn't start. So there's that. Chris Owings going to probably draw a start here. Um, he's really, really cheap. So if you want to just a cheap guy just in general, he's, he's 2,100 at second base or outfield. When you're looking for a, a, a min salary guy that you're just going to punt with today, you have to consider him. You know, <laughs> and his name isn't Lewis Brinson, and you have you to go. consider him. There you go. Um, Angels against Eovaldi. The Baltimore Bull or the Boston bullpen has really struggled this year. Uh, this is another team that probably going to fly under the radar. Maybe this whole game flies under the radar. Maybe this game opens at like nine and a half. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if it opens at like nine and a half. Eh, maybe ten. I mean, these pitchers aren't very good, but you could play one-offs in this game. Yeah, the, the 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 Angels are hard to stack with all the outfielders, but you could play Calhoun, you could play Otani, you could play three percent on Mike Trout, even the, you know even though he's the greatest baseball player to ever live, apparently. He's uh, banged up right now, though. Like he's. But if he's gone. in the line, I mean, I'm just saying that for 5,500, like no one's like it's Mike Trout, and no one's going to play him. I mean, I sound like Dean now. That's kind of what it, like, he'll say on tomorrow's Grinders Live Show. So like you can't. You tell me Trout's three percent. You played him like that has to be a plus EV play if you did it every day. <laughs> Who would you rather play, Mike Trout or Brian Reynolds? The <laughs> same price on the slate. So, all right, moving on. Last game on the slate, we got the Padres and the Giants. Uh, the Nelson Lamette against Madison Bumgarner. Seven and a half total here. Bumgarner's a one twenty-two favorite. Overall, looking at the slate. I would have interest normally in Lamette. Then you realize he's 10-7, and he's only gone over 20 one time this season, if I remember correctly. It's really hard, even against the Giants, to play Lamette at 10-7. Right, only because, like, his ceiling is capped by his pitch count. Right. So, like, yeah, he could go out and have a very efficient game and have five innings, 11 strikeouts. You're right, he can do that. But, like, in GBP, you're going to need that. Bauer could go out and throw 120 pitches, and he's, what, 400 cheaper. You take a look at the guy on the other side of the game, Madison Bubnard, could go out and throw 110 pitches. So I'd much rather – I mean, both these teams are horrible offenses. San Diego strikes out more than San Francisco. Like, to me, Madison Bumgarner is, like, him and Freed together, I think are going to be, like, the chalk pairing because, like, if you Bauer's going to be too like I'm scared of Bauer because he could do anything. Uh, Nola is just like eleven hundred dollars too much. Like I'd rather have Nola. I'd rather have Bieber. But that eleven hundred dollar difference is going to be the difference of getting another Coors bat. So I I, I could easily see with the Padres being a three point seven implied run total. Bumgarner, who's not as great of a pitcher as his name is. Uh, he could give you a decent enough outing in San Francisco, get you 20-plus points combined with Freed, and then you'd still be able to play whatever bat you want in cash. I don't hate Bumgarner here. 
I just I don't think he has a ton of upside. I, I do think the Padres stink, but they can go pretty right-handed heavy. So I'm kind of concerned about that. He has much higher strikeout rate against lefties, and they're probably going to have Hosmer in there. So I could see playing either one of these pitchers, to be honest. Like, but this is just a whole game I just want to cross off. Like, I hate this game. Just cross this game off. Three to two. I don't mind maybe taking a shot on, like, a Renfro or a Machado against Bumgarner, and I don't ever hate, you know, playing, like, a Brandon Belt. But this whole game stinks to me. Like, I, I, I want nothing to do with this game. I think you're either taking pictures or, like, the ballpark sucks so bad and the prices aren't all that appealing that it makes the Marlins and the Tigers sound like good ideas. So that puts things into perspective. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here for the weekend. Uh, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Under does, does it have to be under so seventy nine hundred or less. Yep, seventy nine hundred or less. Oh, so Allard is gone. We can't. No Allard for you. I'll just take the chalk with Max Fried. All right, I'm going to take Eliza Hernandez. Give me a guy over eight K to score under fifteen. Oh, there's a lot of them. Under 15, I, I Dakota Hudson may, may, may actually score more than that. Uh, I'll, I'll, pro, I'll, I'll go with uh, – where was he? Oh, this is, is tough because you have to choose between a whole bunch of them. Marco Gonzalez. All right, I'm going to take your boy. I'm going to say Zach Gollin struggles a little bit here against the Dodgers. And does not get to 15. Um, give me a home run over 4K, not in course. Aaron Judge. I like that one. Um, I already said it. Like, free money Freddie. Like, I think Freddie hits a home run today. Um, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits, not in course. It's going to be one of the Indians. I'm going to – because they're all – uh, Yaziel Puig. All right. I'm going to take Sam Travis. Um, give me a stack. Who's scoring six or more runs today? That's not in cores. Not in cores, no. Not in cores. Oh, the, Yan- the Yankees against Brett Anderson. All right. I'm going to take Oakland. We like that game. We like that game. That's going to be a fun one. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Now, this, this is actually a pretty fun slate. I mean, there's a lot of directions to go. The ownership game is going to be very important. And uh, if you're not a premium member in the, in the Discord, I mean, you get all of that. You get I'm, I'm up at 10 a.m. and talking in the Discord pretty much all day with my open computer open and stuff. So, so I just want to push. If you're listening out there and you're, you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, you know, click on that Discord on the – the navigation bar and it's it's like an app like anything i mean it's like a chat room type of thing so if you don't even understand it it's pretty easy to understand yeah and there's an app on your phone too so you know there's a bunch of ways you can chat in discord so that's gonna wrap it up here for the morning grind for friday i hope everyone has an awesome weekend um enjoy your weekend if you're in florida get ready for the storm it's gonna be a fun one um plenty of beer in my fridge i'm ready for the storm that's how i celebrate hurricanes with beer um we'll be back on monday god willing um talking some more baseball good luck in your contest and we'll see you then